Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm Aaron King with Coach Bob King. And today we're gonna be talking about how many times do I do a drill to get X result? And that's kind of the questions we get online. We have a drill, uh, several drill videos where folks will ask me, hey Aaron, how many times do I do this? And it's a straightforward and what seems like a fair question, but we wanna pull it back a little bit and give you a little bit of context to where it falls into a bigger picture. And so there might be a set of ladder drills that give you quicker footwork. There might be a set of uh, cone drills that give you agility, but just doing those all day is not necessarily gonna just make you quicker or make you more agile. I mean, yes, you'll have some improvement, but athletic athletic development and program design is a much bigger picture. And so BK, uh, taking a step uh, kind of a bird's eye view here. When you have certain drills that help with X result, where do you start to formulate for a program uh, starting at the end and working back? Where do you start formulating to place these drills as far as sets and reps, uh, days, frequency, all that? What's the first thing you're looking at before we get down into the weeds? The, where do I want to be when it's over? You know, what, what kind of result do I want from my training? I want to be quicker and faster. This is a standard, you know, starting point and ending point. How do I get faster and stronger? How do I get quicker and faster? So those are the end points that we want to uh, obtain. Now, to do that, we have to put everything in motion that works together. So, for example, in my world, you'll hear me say a lot, if steps one and two are good, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten will be fine. And so we really want that first two-step movement to be very explosive, very quick, very efficient, very correct. And so we have the hurdles and ladders and so forth to help us with the mechanics of those movements. But repetition, as important as it is, it needs to be done, first of all, correctly, second of all, at high speed, and third of all, in the right amounts. And so when we're doing our programming, we have designed it so that our our groupings are according to the 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 end of the day's theme. So what we want to do is zero to 10, first step, zero to 30, getting on out and sprinting, change of direction, what we call as sport specific as possible, change of direction. And we assign drills to meet those goals of those of the, that training theme. Therefore, when we come back to it, we know that with our athletes over time, we've become very proficient with the ladder. The ladder has now evolved into multiple types of stimulus to keep it interesting both for the feet and the mind, and they're connected, of course. So what we'll end up doing is taking the ladder on a change of direction day and rolling the entire ladder out and wearing it out. And what I mean by wearing it out is a lot of different drills. And if you ask me how many times to do a drill, this is just an experiential coaching observation, been there for a long time watching. You get about four reps before it really starts to break down. And when I say break down, it's like I've done this. The mind and the legs and feet are like, I've done this. and I have proven I can do it. So what do you want me to do now? Well, just do it again faster. Now, let's go ahead and, and change that up. So what we'll end up doing is uh, you know, no more than four reps of the same drill consecutively but I have done uh, ladder drills, for example, where we will go through a, a menu, take a speed break, grab a drink, come back, and I'll go through them one each. So for example, one step, side step right, cross over left, icky shuffle just once. And so there are ways to mix and match to get more bang for your buck 
but with a drill like the ladder, just going over and over that foot pattern after they've become proficient is not going to make it better. There's diminishing return. With that said, I make sure that I don't kill the ladder drill and we're, we're honing in on the ladder because it's such a bread and butter drill that when I'm doing uh, straight ahead stuff on zero to 30, uh, zero to 10 days, we will use half a ladder just to get a quick extended warm up, but stay in touch with the patterns and not try to wear out the ladder throughout the week and make it different for each type of workout. That, that reminds me of a top, uh, probably an interesting point that's good to bring up right now is speed breaks and things like that. So you say how like, okay, I've done this drill. I get it. Um, but how, how have you mixed a few things like speed breaks and explain what those are? And then, you know, coming back to a drill, being faster and, and so on. Well, what we discovered, this, this was really one of the fun things of coaching. And, uh, you know, I can't even tell you where it started, but I, I, I noticed we had a good group of athletes one summer and we're working, we're, I mean, they're working hard. It's going well. And, um, I got to thinking, it's like, man, we're having them do these oh, 16 to 19 inch, depending on how big the ladder box is, even the hurdle with three foot patterns. And they start squeezing down their stride. Their body is having to make those little quick steps. So I theorize that what we'll do is we'll step aside and do a, whatever room we have, 20 to 30 yard, we call it a speed break because we want them to take a break and remind their body how to sprint. Don't forget how to sprint. Go out there and run, get your arms moving, knees up, elbow back. And we want you to learn how to sprint. Good idea, Bob. Well, we come back, and what we didn't realize would happen is once they did go back and sprint and get their speed going, they were faster on whatever apparatus they came from during that workout, whether it was the hurdles or the ladders. So the speed break became a nice adjunct to remembering how to sprint. Well, let's go ahead and see if we can speed this ladder up. Go do a speed break, come back to the ladder. So it just it was a windfall discovery that we have used ever since as of today. What about just combining other things, uh, you know, just mixing in some uh, some change of direction, then going a ladder, and then uh, mini hurdles, just bouncing around different types of drills, um, coming back and forth, and et cetera. That's, that's a very important point that we have to cover because if you hear me say themes over and over and over, so I don't blend a lot because I want to stay on track for the thing I'm trying to teach that day, the sprinting or, or change of direction. But on combo days, we do have them in our, especially in an extended training in the summer program, we have combo days because now we're going to take one day and move, like you just said, from a cone to a ladder to a hurdle because we want to give you more of a sports context because in a game, in competition, you don't know how often you're going to sprint, change of direction, or do whatever it is you do except for it's going to happen. So we will move you back and forth to give you a little bit more of action feel because uh, that's what the athlete's body is going to be uh, demanded to do. So it may or may not be you know, making you just 0 to 10 faster or whatever, but we're giving, you the, giving your body a repertoire to move from one pattern to the next with ease. I guess back to the original question then, why can't I just do this same drill and get faster? Why do I have to do all these different things? If that drill is the best drill for <laughs> X, Y, Z, why don't I just do that drill? I don't, I, you know, I have to laugh because that's a, that is the most logical question that anybody can ask, but it is the most dead end answer you can even expect to hear because we adapt. Uh, and once you adapt, you stop getting faster. So, um, 
we we do this all the time. I'll, I'll be training athletes, and we'll have a, an assisted pull day. You're doing the cable pulls, and uh, somebody may be watching or going and say, "What does that do?" I say, "Well, if somebody runs down the track." And they go fast, and then they walk back by, and I say, okay, now run faster, and they just are able to go back and run faster on their own. At some point, you can't say run faster to where they can run faster. So we give them the cable to over overstride, or excuse me, overspeed, and get them to learn to run faster because their nervous system is exposed to it because you adapt. So if you do the same drill over and over and over, what we refer to that as is, man, they drill great because, you know, I've seen it. And there's uh, programs and all, they do so much of the same thing that the athletes are conditioned to the point where that's what they do and they do it very well, but they have a hard time with with uh, outside forces and stimulus like I talked about with the combo training. So do it, but move on into something else so their athletes are exposed to a variety of stimulus. You know, not just the things like overspeed, but uh, some, um, you know, that help me out, but neuro, uh, some of the neuro things. Uh, neuro imprinting. Yeah, uh, imprinting. Neuro facilitation. Yeah, so if, if, if we're throwing in some, some more reaction drills, uh, making a drill harder by having to catch a softball or a, a tennis ball or just all those little, ver- the various things, you know, receivers having to come out of a break and catch a football, get your eyes up and, you know, just separating your feet from your arms, upper body, lower body. All of the different things, you know, that yeah, while you're engaged with the competitor, being able to have the footwork and keep your base. So just maybe what, where does the balance come? Where do you throw in all kind of pepper that stuff? Oh, that's, that's really good because um, you, have to, you have to, I'm going to stick to the point I made a minute ago and don't want to be guilty of it is that, boy, my athletes drill great. But when we go into competition or even a, a live practice, it's not so good. Um, let me say it like this. The athlete adapts to the stimulus that's given. So what we will do is use gadgets, and in, in we call it toys. We will use gadgets and toys to help them have to adapt. So one of the things, a very simple one, uh, and just so you'll know, uh, we use medicine balls. If you don't have medicine balls handy, give them a ball. It can be your sport ball. If you have a football, volleyball, basketball, so forth. So forth. Basically, we give it to them on the ladder, and if we have medicine balls, most of them are now 6 to 12 pounds heavier in their movements. They don't have their arms for balance or locomotion, and so all they're doing is teaching the feet. Now, we do have options that we can do with that. Um, I don't like to do too many sport type of things on the apparatus because it takes away from the feet because they have to be able to uh, pay attention to a a ball or something. When they're carrying the ball, they have to focus on their feet because their arms are not there to propel them. So we do a lot of things where we do a um, uh, go through a ladder, carry the ball, go through the ladder at a halfway point, drop the ball, and change the foot pattern. So uh, during the course of the one ladder drill, they'll have a ball, no ball, one step, hop, all in one one rep. So uh, there's a lot of athletic, I, I feel like, a lot of athletic patterns that are executed by doing uh, a medicine ball, and I'll just save the cable for later because it's a little more intricate. We'll use a cable on the ladder as well, and it causes balance problems. And uh, we have a whole package that we call balance drills. So uh, we've tried to accommodate sport into the, the training as much as possible. You know, we did a, an article recently in the newsletter where we talked about sprinkling in some of these drills into your your practice schedule, you know, and so taking 
you know, we, we, we go through off season and you have all the training and it's like, it's a whole sport in itself of just learning to train, being a, an athlete that's perf- you know, in the gym, but then you go to your position and it's all position drills. It's, you know, just you're using different tools. You're using different, the ball a lot more and, and team drills. What's, uh, did you, what's your favorite amount or what did you learn or see by looking at your team and trying to keep the off season, you know, involved into the in season, like instead of just having, uh, sports drills, putting in speed and agility drills into practice. What I learned in coaching from being a head coach to a coordinator, and this is football, by the way, um, I would be uh, trying to do exactly what you said is like, I hate to do all that off-season training and it just goes away in season. How is that possible? And so it just didn't make any sense to me. And we've already alluded to it a number of places, but the 5-10-5 in my uh, work as a defensive coordinator and then coaching linebackers, the 5-10-5 became the perfect linebacker drill and then we had a whole bunch of other ones that we could use for linemen and defensive backs and the ironic thing about it is uh, when we talked about uh, days of, of off-season training to do as sport specific as possible we put we call it a star drill it's not anything very fancy where we had a back pedal and it was it's for defensive backs and they had a back pedal and break and so I think if I remember correctly there were eight or ten different directions they were breaking on of course half of them were left half of them were right but we had a, a back pedal break back pedal break and they had to either turn and run forward, turn and backpedal, turn and cross over at a 45 degree angle, turn and break at a 90. And so we were able to do these drills in the off season and it just, just do that in season. You know, just, it keeps the feet familiar with what they learned. And then when, you know, we get into the uh, other areas of weightlifting and explosive training, uh, we would do just very hints of those things to be able to keep the off season alive in the end season so that there's no um there's no drop off so why take all that off season training and just leave it alone for three months or depending on how long your season is and not utilize it it just doesn't make sense so we found ways to implement that into our in season program and we have more information on on diving into that topic if you go to our blog at kingsportstraining.com we've been putting out weekly articles lately uh really for over a year and we plan on doing that for a long time. Got the newsletter. Uh, you can check that out, sign up, and then get uh, free workouts of Speed Daily in your dashboard there if you create a free account. And then, of course, you have sports-specific training. It's only 9 bucks a month or nine ninety nine a month, so it's really nothing to get the entire library from Coach King. Uh, if you guys have any question, uh, just hit us up on social media. You can find Coach King at Instagram and then find uh, clips from the podcast on TikTok. He's at Coach Bob King on all platforms, including YouTube. And I'm on YouTube and Instagram as well at Deep Snap, where you'll get a little bit of a mix of the performance side, but also I do sports and outdoors, so you'll see a lot of travel and outdoors where I'm trying to stay fit and fast on the road. But uh, let us know. We love hearing from you all, and these questions help a lot. So thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time.